Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm your genial host, Joe Oberly with VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com. And joined each week by my, no, I don't know what to call him. He's the old, <laughs> tired, old, tired old, just, just <laughs> had, had, had grumpy old man like me. Yeah. Uh, He's the NFL insider and Vikings writer for the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com, Mark Craig. Mark, uh, the Vikings took it in the in the shorts again uh, this week. Another winnable game, I think, that uh, didn't seem like on, so on paper when they came in. But, you know, after the first half, I thought they the defense confused uh, Jalen Hurts a little bit. And then all of a sudden, uh, the other team adjusted and started running the ball, and that was all she wrote. But the offense played well. They scored points. They turned over the ball too many times again. And uh, there's your there's your story. What did you think? Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say the first half. I'd say the first quarter. Uh, yeah, they had them confused. Well, that's because you're a grumpy old man. No, Philadelphia, they're you know, they're raining down the booze. I mean, Hertz was, was confused. Uh, you know, it's when you start off, you know, Vikings give up that 54 yard completion. They get down into the red zone and then the defense stiffens up. You know, they, that's when the booze really started coming down or, or toward the end of that first quarter, but you know, they hold them to a field goal there. Okay. Then the Vikings punt, then the, the Eagles go three and out. So the defense is still having fan playing fantastic. Yep. They fumble the punt. That was a huge, huge turnover. Yeah, because was. he gets down into in, about to the twenty-five, and okay, then um, then they get an interception. So the defense is still like you know bailing them out, bailing them out, and then the very next play, Madison fumbles, uh, and then uh, and then they go three and out. Philadelphia goes three and out, misses the field goal. So yeah, the defense is playing lights out. I mean, they're they're keeping them in the game on the road in Philadelphia, doing all that thing. And then we we hit this stretch where they had the 16 play, 13 runs, touchdown drive that changes that you know changes that first half and, and gets the, the Eagles in control. So I give Brian Flores all kinds of credit for how he started that game. But then when uh, when Brian Johnson, or their their offensive coordinator, 36 year old guy, first year offensive coordinator, he he says, okay, I'm going to just calm things down. I'm going to run the ball. The Vikings are coming out, and they, they have one defensive lineman on that drive. Only uh, only a, two of those runs did they bring, and one of them was the goal line when the, when the Eagles just basically – can we get to a point where the Eagles are like uh, have one yard for a touchdown, we just give it to them, and, and then you move because of the way they push the pile and everything. Right, right. Uh, but that changes everything. You know, uh, Flores, I you know be interested in whenever he talks on, on Thursday, why didn't he adjust? The Eagles came up to the line of scrimmage, looked at the personnel. They saw that you know they have a they have an outside linebacker Pat Jones on the nose. They got a three man line. They have no de- they have one defensive tackle in the game, Harrison Phillips, and they just just boom handoff handoff. It was That's just, a great what? question, Mark. I hope you ask it. What what would you have done? I mean, put in more defensive linemen and stop the run. I mean, well, they couldn't the stop it. They couldn't stop the run with, you know. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I I love Ivan Pace, but you know, if Ivan Pace, you have Hicks, you have Pat Jones, and you got the two edge rushers. There's no and, and Harrison Phillips was there, and he didn't play very well. There just wasn't enough enough beef there, and and that led all the way up 
to uh, you know that on that touchdown drive, and then and then when they were basically assuming that the half was going to end, that it was just going to the Eagles were just going to give up. They're rushing three with 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 an outside linebacker on the nose and two edge rushers, and they just they turned around. They handed it to Swift. He ran for double digit yards. It's third and six. Uh, Jalen Hurts looks at the looks at the personnel and just runs up the middle, and then they kick a sixty one yard field goal. Yeah. After Harrison Phillips jumps off sides, that's another you know brain burp that's un- inexplainable, unexplainable. Um, so. That they're at that stretch there where Flores didn't adjust. Uh, you know, I, he has to be asked that. You know, just like yeah, you know, and, and not not in a a mean way. Just like hey, explain it to us. You know, right? Clear that. I mean, even Al Michaels on the broadcast is counting. That's one run. That you know, that's six runs. Yeah. That's seven. That's ten. That's eleven. And it was just like, what are you know? If you can't stop it, with what's the, the definition of insanity? Yeah. So you know that. Um, and I give them a lot of credit for, for even being in this game for as long as they were. Even uh, before this last uh, drive, when they did kick that 61-yard field goal, there was another major thing on the offensive side that really affected this game. I mean, they're down on the one-yard line. If if uh, if uh, Justin Jefferson just takes that pass and just goes down with you know moments moments left in the half before that drive, and he doesn't try to reach for the goal line or whatever he's doing and fumble it through the back of the end zone and turn it back over to him, then all of a sudden they're defeated on defense and these guys are uh, pumped up and they just you know they already know they they can run the ball with impunity and they and they do so. I mean that. That to me was such a huge, a second huge momentum shift in that game where it could have been, it could have been the Vikings could have had the 14-10 lead at halftime. Instead, they go down 13-3. Is that correct at half? Is that well? No, see, but they they started run that the, the drive where they had the where they went 13 runs and 16 plays was before Jefferson's fumble. No, I know that. I'm just talking about your your when you talk about the 61 yard field goal that the Jefferson fumble yeah. led to the 61 yard yeah, field. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I hate that rule. If it happened to the Eagles, I'd say the same thing. You know, I, I don't like that. It's it's, it's just it's too punitive. Too much yep. for for not doing, not always doing a lot there. Uh, and it's just a matter of an inch where the ball is, and that that goes from, you know, at the one yard. Whoever possesses it last should should they should get the ball. You know, so yeah. Uh, that that's but that they we talk about that rule every time this comes up, but. Yeah, and everybody says the same thing that you're saying. That I said yeah. it. I mean, they said it on the broadcast. Everybody I've talked to, what a terrible rule, and it and it is, and they got burned by it. But yeah, we we we're not, you know, we're not. I mean, the Vikings are still a good team. We're we're not seeing their their full potential because in the first half of two games, they 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 have they have turned the ball over six times and they've gotten one turnover. So you know they're minus five in the first half, and they're only down, you know, twenty three to seventeen. So you know you've turned the ball over you know, six times, the other team has turned it over one time and you're only trailing in the first half, 23, 17. So there's a lot of good things to look at this team, but it's like, Hey, you know, these things tend to like just snowball on you. And they did for two weeks. If they snowball again and you're zero and three, the one good thing we'll talk about later, I'm sure is that the the whole division lost. So, you know, the Vikings, uh, by, by getting run over, uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess what I had on the agenda, seven turnovers in seven quarters, is that sustainable? Is it time to, so it's not time to tank for Caleb. Is that what you're saying? There's more there than, than uh, meets the eye or at least meets. Well, the yeah. 
maybe I would tank, but if I didn't look around the division and see Detroit blow a 12 or I'm sorry, Green Bay blow a 12.4 quarter lead and lose in Atlanta, Detroit, you know, I, people had high hopes for them this week with Seattle coming in, Seattle, both tackles are out. They signed a 200 year old uh, tackle to come in and, and, you know, because they had no one else and uh, they're at home, you know, uh, with that pass rush, and they give up 37 points and lose. So, and then Chicago is Chicago's the guy so far. From what I've seen, I've watched a lot of games in between the, with that condensed replay. It's it's awesome to be able to watch a game in 40 minutes. Um, they're they're the worst team I've seen. You know, it, uh, I think field they better better hope that and they had the number one pick. You know, coming into this year, they better yeah. hope that Fields is who they thought he was because. Uh, they had a shot at getting, you know, the pick of their of those quarterbacks, and but uh, it's more than Fields. Uh, Fields does need to trust himself going down the field, but I'm just saying that division. Uh, don't tank yet, Joe. Is my bottom line. You know, okay. give it another week or two. All right. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's it's uh, the the other thing that that uh, occurs to me. You know, well, I play fantasy football, and it kind of is the same way. I mean, every there's the overreaction that comes with both in fantasy and in real football in the first week or so of the season. So we shouldn't, shouldn't we overreact at this point? I mean, I, I saw enough there and people I talked to, I saw enough there that I like what I see. I mean, I, I think the, the, the defense under Flores is, is, is better. It's, it's more interesting. It's, it's more unpredictable. Um, that, that, that question about uh, adjusting, notwithstanding, there's some hope there. Uh, if you can confuse the the quarterback who went to the Super Bowl last year, like to that degree, and but you know you got to be able to adjust on offense. They're everything they're cranked up to be. I mean, Kirk Cousins is, is yeah. passing the ball around to all these different receivers. He's making stars out of Jordan Addison and and uh, T.J. Hawkinson and such, and and the running game notwithstanding. But there there are things to be hopeful about. There are things not to. Uh, throw it all at chuck it and and well and, what i would say is they're, they're not all they're cracked up to me because they they felt they could run the ball better than they, they can't they can't run they've had what 69 yards in two games and oh my goodness 20 some carries i mean they are a they're they find the worst team running the ball and and double it and that's what you have with the, what the vikings are the vikings cannot um i give them credit for like i said with the turnovers if the inability to run the ball um, with a, with a, an offensive interior, the offensive line, and also with Udo and um, you know the injuries that they have at left tackle, and stop and, the run. Uh, so to me, you know that though that interior, you know, I when I look at that game, I was like, this is how you you know you draft defensive linemen to beat the crap out of offensive linemen or offensive linemen to do that to defensive linemen, and the, the Eagles had a have an army of guys up front that just punished that offensive line and you know the fact that you know kirk um there was one throw in the in the fourth quarter where you know it's a great throw a great catch um kirk's gonna have to make those throws to jefferson when he's not covered because that's their only hope is that can't wait for jefferson to be open you got to be firing the ball like they did on that when they were coming back you know it's like they couldn't run the ball and kirk kirk's getting the crap knocked out of him and he hits that a perfect shot, and Jefferson grabs it, and there's three guys around him. You know that's the only way that they can win right now, unless they can find some sort of running game. 
Uh, but right now, I don't think that they, you know, they can talk about schemes and everything, but they don't have the personnel inside to run the ball, to play power football. And I love Madison, but um, as a backup guy, but I just, you're seeing a difference now with the, the guy that got drafted in Atlanta in the first round, the guy that got drafted in the first round of Detroit. There's a difference between running backs. You know, we, we like to say they're all the same, but they're not all the same. And, uh, you know, so I don't know that there's going to be a magic wand and there's going to be a running game. So Kirk and Justin and Addison, this is, it's up to you guys. You, the way you said, I love Madison there. You sounded like Jerry Burns. I love Anderson. I love Anderson, but he, he, he fumbles the ball or he fumbles. All, that's not Shulker's fault. Okay. Well, the, the reason I, the reason I love Alexander Madison is because the guy gives you every ounce that he has on every single play, but he's not, you know, there isn't a lot of wiggle there at all. And, and, but in his defense, there's just no holes. There's nothing there other no. than the first play of the, of the, of the first game where they you know, went straight up the, up the gut for nine yards. There's just been nothing there. It's, uh, it's got to be alarming as a play. Yeah. Kirk Cousins is going to get killed. I'm sorry. You, you, you got by the last year, cracked some ribs and he, and he suffered through the season and had a great year and, and hats off to him and every, anything else, you know, salute that dude for, for as being as tough as if he's tough. He's not going to hold up. He's just not. Another season of this getting hammered. Yeah. And I'm going to let you go off here because you you said, and you said it all the way up into the draft, you know, uh, last year, uh, Jordan Davis sitting out there, no-brainer for the Vikings, and, and they they let him go. And instead they they they, dra- uh, they, they traded down and drafted Lewis Seen, who's not been on the field. So, you know, what, what, what a mistake, you know, to not uh, – get someone like that or else, you know, do something for your offense line. Cause the, he is, he's, he's not going to last this year. It's all there's to it. I don't care. Yeah. I know we, we've been talking about that for most of Kirk's career, at least here has been, he, he can't last, he can't last. And, you know, give the guy credit. He's a, he's a tough son of a gun and, um, you know, stands in there and takes the, 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 the punishment, but, you know, getting back to Davis, you know, that was a big need for the Vikings. I, I felt it was like they, they needed some, they need a physical presence up front. They needed to stop. You know, they were, they were also switching to the three, four. Uh, you just needed some power up there for yeah. one guy that could, could give you that. Um, and, you know, Quasi just, you have to answer over time. If this is when the, as we were talking before, whenever, whenever it first happened, the only complaint was, or the, my only questioning was they didn't get enough. They didn't get enough to go from number 12 to number 32. They just did not get enough. No. Uh, and and Quasi kind of poo-pooed the uh, the Jimmy Johnson uh, trade value chart as being antiquated. No, listen. No, I mean, you know, let's, you know, it might, might be a different era, but Jimmy Johnson knew a little bit about drafting people, you know. Yeah. Uh, and for someone in Minnesota, actually, to say that, it's probably uh, – <laughs> To be criticizing Jimmy Johnson. Okay? okay, now you're going too far. Now you're killing me. You're killing uh, me. I was well, around. Maybe Quasi needed to do a little uh, homework on uh, the history there. Yeah. But whenever you have, whenever you, okay, immediately they go from 12 to 32. Uh, and then immediately, you know, the Eagles jump up a spot to 13 and they take Jordan Davis. And then next, then the next year they're like, hey, we don't have, a, this guy's great. But uh, and he actually didn't have to play as much as a rookie because they had Hargrave, who went to San Francisco, got a bunch of money. They bring in, you know, um, the other guy, uh, uh, Davis, um, or no, uh, Carter. 
So they bring him in and as a top 10 pick. And now it's like, and you put in Sweat and you put in Fletcher Cox. I mean, uh, yeah. it's hard, hard to win. It's hard to beat those guys whenever they, they have that kind of power up front. And then on the flip side, you're you're playing Harrison Phillips and no one else that's bigger than than a hundred and and then you know two hundred and twenty pounds or or whatever you know. Yeah. So it's it, that's just a big difference in personnel. There's a big big difference in personnel on the field. That's that looking like a huge swing and a miss for Quasi. I mean, you know, you, you you always have to take a few years to judge a draft pick, but to to go backwards that far to not get anything out of it to give your your the teams in your division, uh, the team, you know, a, a nice draft pick as well. And, uh, you know, that's that's going to sting for a while unless uh, Lewis scene comes on the scene and starts uh, uh, making a difference. But right now that's not happening. And, and when yeah. I saw Davis blast through the line and just knock Kirk about five yards back, <laughs> even when he wasn't even, you know, you know, kind of laying off of him. I just go, Oh my God. Yeah. There, there was a third nine where he did a swim move past Cleveland. And then there was a later tackle for loss where he, you know, takes poor Schlotman back up center. And I don't know that, you know, Bradbury wouldn't have done any better. Um, just tosses him aside and grand tackles Madison, you know, and, but I'm just saying, you know, these things have to add up, but also, you could all, you know, Quasey could come back with uh, Jordan Addison. Addison looks like a pretty good pick. Uh, and and it, in a position where you, you know, people were saying, oh, you don't need a receiver, you know, but yeah, they did need a receiver, you know, they, so just matter whether you wanted the corner or the receiver. So at least, um, you know, this receiver in two games, usually with a receiver, you can tell that, you know, you can get to the end of a rookie year like Laquan Treadwell and they go, ah, you know, we're still hopeful. It's generally, if you haven't, if you haven't shown it, right away as a receiver you're you're just not it unless you're hurt um and this guy has shown that he's the real deal this addison so that's a good one in quasi's uh so well that brings up my next question i mean uh, you know as much as i saw that i liked and uh you know uh i i'm just gonna ask this question anyway uh, even though I know it's wrong, but uh, do we need a running game? I mean, you got JJ, TJ, KJ, and JA, you know, uh, uh, you, you can't, I don't see any fixes. This is what, this is who we are. I don't see the guards coming in unless they sign someone like Reisner or whatever uh, to maybe help. And they haven't made a move to do that. But I mean, I think you almost have to, because there isn't any uh, run blocking. And there isn't great protection. And what about Josh Oliver? Wasn't he brought in to help, you know, uh, shore up this protection? But I guess it's coming in through the middle rather than the outside on a lot of this. I don't know. I mean, uh, is this what we're going to have to just watch for the rest of the year? All right. Well, you just got done saying that he's not – Kirk's not going to last, right? Yes, I did. Kirk's not going to last. Uh, he's getting beat up. I'll ask you a question. Why do you think he's getting teed off on? Because they can't run the ball. Yeah. Yeah, he's exactly right. they, there's once you know they overpower they they completely shut down the the running game. It's it's free. You know, Kirk's getting one of the reasons Kirk gets beat up is because they can't run the ball. You know, they, and they couldn't you know they couldn't get short yardage with Dalvin Cook, and now they can't get it with um, with Madison. And um, you know, there's got to be balance. There's got to be uh, you don't have to run for yeah. You know, it helps to ask the Eagles if you run for 260 yards on 48 yeah. carries. I mean, someone said someone was talking about how that's the kind of efficiency the Vikings were looking for with their running game. And I said, 
that's the kind of efficiency that the 1940 Bears were looking for. I mean, that's what I was going to say. You and I have been around long enough to know that uh, they always said the the axiom back then was you got to run the ball and stop the run if you want to be successful. You know, I mean that that's. But now the game has changed a little bit, but still that 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 truism I don't think is completely dead. Would you agree? No, it's not completely dead because. And and like what the Eagles did on that 16 play drive, that you know I don't know how if it was a check with me or whatever, but uh, the the coordinator obviously was telling Hertz, it's this play if they stay in this defense, and maybe if they switch out of it, it's a different one. They stayed in the same personnel and they just kept pounding around the middle. I mean, it was it, you go back and you watch the replay. It's it's almost comic. It's like high schoolish to watch. Where you know at the snap of the ball, how quickly the line of scrimmage moved from, you know, here the Eagles are on this side, this boom, uh, you know, they just they just moved the the entire humanity uh, uh, two yards downfield, and the running back just picked a hole and took off. Um, yeah, you don't have to you don't have to run for two hundred and fifty yards in the NFL to win, but you have to run number of carries and and just being able to to be balanced. It, it's even even O'Connell. Uh, who's, you know, probably as new, he's as new wave, new era, new age as you can get in age, um, side of the ball, uh, love of the quarterback. Um, he, he checks all the boxes for everybody who's new school. But even he spent the offseason going, hey, we got to run the ball. You know, we, we've got to find some, you know, edge, some blocking on the edge. We got to uh, commit to this, you know, this power running back. Um let the the home run hitter leave because he's you know getting older, but they still couldn't block in the middle, and they they so even he knows you have to run the ball. To his credit, uh, or to their credit, uh, I watched De- uh, Delvin Cook last night, and he wouldn't be busting through any of these holes either. He's still no, no, not, absolutely not, no. Yeah. And and I, you know, Delvin looks a step slow. I mean, again, he didn't have much of an off season. Came into training camp late. Uh, and he's and he's also you're you're being compared to uh, this this Brees Hall, who coming off an ACL looks fantastic, um, and fast and everything. So you know Dalvin looks a step slow. He wasn't the answer, and for for the amount of money that he got it's or wanted, line. yeah. So that, that that he's not you know. But I will say that there you know we can't we we sort of got into this in the off season with you know I don't know I don't want to say drinking the Kool Aid a little bit, but. Uh, agreeing maybe a little too much that hey you know running backs are interchangeable you can just have just plug this guy in he's the same as this guy well there are differences in running backs and mm. the problem that John we're, Robinson whew, why they don't get yeah yeah that that's why they don't get the money long term is because by the time they get to their second contract they're either used up or guys are or teams are going well he's almost used up we can't really afford to because they take a lot of beating. So, but there is a difference between, you know, an elite fast running back and some guy who's kind of a backup plotter. Yeah. Plotter. That's, that's what I feel like right now. So we better take a break. Uh, We've gone over on this segment we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the good things we saw and then we'll preview what's going on uh, uh, this week or this weekend for the Vikings. So come on back to Vikings territory breakdown. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, I uh, I said this earlier and I'll say it again. The Vikings, you know, uh, they outplayed the Eagles 
in some respects early, you know, it didn't last. We all, all know that why, you know, but the fact that they've had seven turnovers and in, in two games and, and they were in both games is still kind of amazing all on of itself. So it says, it. so there were some people that had, that had some good games. I'll start with them. I'll run down the numbers and you can chime in on anything you want. Uh, TJ Hawkinson caught seven balls for 66 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson, 11 for 159, but he did have that one fumble. Still hasn't been in the end zone in two games. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 31 of 44 for 364 yards, three TDs, and 125.6 rating. That ain't bad. Jordan Addison, three for 72 and a touchdown. And then I'll go to the defense after that. So what do you think of those lads? I mean, that that's a pretty that's a that's a winning formula on offense. Funny I didn't mention any running backs in there. Yeah, it, it it's 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 Definitely a winning formula. It's just the, the turnovers negate, you know, everything. The yeah. Powell turnover at the 27-yard line negates the field goal at least. Um, you know, Madison, man, Madison's fumble right after right after that inter- the Vikings had their their only inter- only turn only takeaway of the season. Yeah. One play later, balls on the ground. I mean, that's it just buzz kill. I agree with everything you said. I mean, uh, and Kirk, you know, throw on throw in the fact that he he did that while you know getting roughed up again, uh, and they're still you know they're still slinging at the at the end and, and making it rough on because uh, for those of us on deadline kind of sitting there you know you're watching it's like yeah it's over and then you got to kind of kind of look back it's like no not meh, maybe it's not so they you know they just they drag it all the fact that the last play of the game there was actually a potential for a hail mary like you know, like hey, look what happened in Denver yesterday with that right. You know, it wasn't over till the very end. And that's amazing to think of when, you know, you, you turn it over four times on the road. So, yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to like. But until they stop the turnovers, you know, it's sort of like when they were in New Orleans for that championship, you know, NFC championship game, when, you know, they just completely outplayed the Saints. I mean, it was it was wasn't even close, mm-hmm. but it kept, you know, it, you know, Adrian kept fumbling the ball. Favre kept turning the ball over. Barbie and, and Adrian just it was like, you know, and then pretty soon you look up and they lose. Uh, so it, it's kind of like this situation. It's like until it stops, you know, you can't assume, well, you know, that's that's the first week. You know, you know, they've two back to back games with three turnovers in the first half. I mean, until they stop it, it's uh you can't it's assume that they're gonna stop it. God, you're killing me bringing up these old wounds. That's what you do to a, a Vikings fan. Bring up the uh, 2010 NFC Championship game. That always goes over. I got a lot of them. Yeah, you got a lot of them. I got. I think I need to figure out how to block you during this podcast. I don't know if that's possible, but I, I got to find out how. Um, Just mute me. <laughs> you know, uh, Jefferson is the real freaking deal. You know, it, but he's he's young too. He made a mistake. You know, I. Everybody's going to reach for the end zone. Everybody's going to do that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's human nature. You're that talented that you catch the ball, you make a turn, you see the goal line. You're going to, you're going to do that. Uh, He will learn because he's that kind of guy and you won't see him doing that again. He took it pretty hard. Uh, Kirk Cousins. I, you know, I have last year and now, and this year continued. I, my, my respect for him continues to grow, although he's, you know, although I still reserve in my mind, I don't, he's always going to be Kirk. He's always going to do some Kirk things. I don't know if he in, if you ever got him the offensive line and I mean, you got all kinds of weapons for the guy. If you got him 
the protection that he could use, could he be, couldn't he be the guy to get them to the promised land? Do you think, I mean, does he have it or, or does he just not completely have what it takes in every aspect of the game to win championships, which is like playoff schedule and do some things that, that help you win rather than not do things that help you lose. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, he, he's good enough to, to win the Super Bowl. with. Sure. I, I think he is, but, but, you know, I mean, this is this is the, the conundrum. This is the back and forth with Kirk. It's, it, even the team is having this this the thought process that with the process that we all have about, hey, you know, I love Kirk and here's why. I hate Kirk and here's why. And and, and there's a stalemate. You know, the team itself is is uh, you know uh, O'Connell can come out and and say, oh, he's my guy, and Kirk knows that I love him, and you know I stay in contact with him. The you know, bottom line is they didn't. They, they, they took care of Hawkinson's contract. They were going to take care of Jefferson's contract. Uh, Daniel gets paid. Um, you know, Kirk is the guy that they're, they're basically, you know, we got, we're taking a look and see again. We're kicking the tires one more year. Yeah, that's amazing, Mark. I mean, well, what, what, what's the alternative? Because, you know, unless you draft somebody better and develop underneath them, there's no team with a good young quarterback who they think can take him there are going to trade him to you or are going to, you know, be able to sign him for, for, for a little, you know, the same amount of money that there, there's no alternatives. And when you look uh, elsewhere, what are you going to do? They're, they're, I, like I said, how, how are, how are they not with the way he's played the last year, even the year before his stats were great last year, he won ball games this year. He's still doing well. He should be winning, but it's, you know, not all on him. I, I just, I think you've got, to get him locked up for a couple more years because you don't have somebody that you're developing yet. No, but I mean, look the thing is if they, you know, and I, and I understand their position as well. I'm just explaining like, you know, whenever we question Kirk, you know, the, the team also is questioning. They can say they're not, but I mean, they're, they're putting it in a, we're not really sure where we want to go next year. And, and I, I really can't blame them because if, if this ends up being a train wreck season and, you know, you know, you'd have Kirk uh, on the on if you had like three or four more years of Kirk paying him, you know, up where he needs to be paid. I mean, then all of a sudden, well, then you can't rebuild, and it's like, so yeah, they're they're stuck in the middle here, and, and that's yeah. kind of in in history, Vikings kind of been in. They've been too competitive for their own good at some points because they never really get that. Look at this offense. So you can't rebuild with this offense with Justin Jefferson. If you get rid of Kirk, he's already said he wants to. He well, would go. I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee Justin Jefferson be once they got to the season and now that he's not under contract. I mean, he's your second highest paid receiver on your team right now. If you take the average Addison's making more per year than he is right now. Is he? Oh my God. So, uh, cause well, they're, they, he's on a rookie deal. That's, uh, you know, four years down the road yeah, from, from yeah. Jefferson. So I think, you know, yeah, they're going to have this conversation and, you know, my, my, if they do well, my thing is, my feeling is that Kirk would want to finish his career here rather than start over somewhere else. Yes, Let's yeah. say Kirk has a really good year and the Vikings turn it around. That's not, can't, not guaranteed that he's just going to come back and sign with whatever they want. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of question marks, not only with what they got going on right now, but, you know, what, what's this team going to look like in a year? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I look at what, the, you know, the weapons they have on offense and I, it just it just drives me nuts. We I, I texted to you. How come they can never 
have everything at, at the same time, you know, like other teams seem to do. I mean, because put a decent defense out there with it, put, you know, get a guard, at least one, you know, so that you can at least protect Kirk's blind side, whichever that is, you know, uh, and, and, and because it, it's a shame. I mean, Hawkinson, you got the best, the best receiver in the game. You've got a, a kid coming up who is going to, he's going to make hay while he's playing next to Justin Jefferson. He's going to get paid in a few years. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's a shame. And you got two of the best tackles, you know, better tackles in the league, not two of the best, two of the better tackles in the league. It's so close. It, it's just a shame that, uh, that they shouldn't be like they were last year and be that kind of team to be that good. Because I, I think on offense, they have the personnel and the defense is going to play better. It's just this offensive line is killing them in the middle. Well, I think you got to, you know, you have to draft, you have to be great in the draft. I mean, the, yeah. uh, the chiefs are great in the draft. Um, the, the one, you know, the Rams, obviously, you know, they gave up on the draft and, but they went out and, and got guys in free agency. I mean, they, assembled a defense and then they went out and they needed a quarterback. And they only got identified Stafford and won it. Uh, Tampa Bay had everything in place. They went out and got Tom Brady. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks and Kirk kind of started it guys, you know, moving around at quite the position uh, when they're still got life left in them. Uh, so, you know, the Vikings, they would have that option next year, but, you know, we'll, we'll worry about it next year or next year. But yeah, uh, the defense would be a lot better if, Know, that they would hit on the, the last year's first round draft pick and they would have hit last year's second yeah, round draft pick. Really. But instead you got you now Lewis Seen can't see the field and um and uh Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth, you know, it isn't you know not really uh, much of a role. So uh yeah, it's tough. That's that's tough. Those are two huge picks that have, have thus far well, been swings and misses. I think before we bury this team. I want to see them be able to play on even footing when they don't when they're not losing the turnover by turnover margin by three or four. Right. Uh, they've just got to play a clean game and let's see what they got. I mean, I think with a clean game, you know, they they can play with anyone. I would agree with you. Um, uh, speaking of the defense, Hunter uh, Daniel Hunter with eight tackles and three sacks. Uh, <clears throat> he's going to get paid in incentives if he keeps that up. Uh, Ivan Pace eight tackles, five solos, and half a sack. And Cam Bynum, 15 tackles, six solo. Well, it's never a good sign to have your 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 secondary making that many tackles. But uh, um, uh, there's three decent players. Uh, we haven't heard a lot about uh, uh, Byron. Uh, can't even think of his last name. Williams or who, who's the who's the guy they got from the the cornerback from uh, uh, number seven from Oh uh, Byron Murphy. I, I think Murphy. he. I think he's looked all right. I mean, yeah, I think so too. And that's why we haven't heard much. I don't think they're throwing this way. I think he's done well. So, you know, and bits and pieces, uh, they're doing okay on defense, but boy, oh boy, they got trucked from the second quarter on. It was just, it was just difficult to watch. You know, they just, you know, he sat there. Okay. Here comes a running play. Boom. Okay. Here comes another run. Oh my God. That was tough. Uh, To me that, that was, I put a lot of that on, at the, you know, just like I put a lot of, um, you know, confusing Baker Mayfield early, um, you know, confusing Hurts a little bit, getting after him early. Uh, but I also, you know, those are good things. I, but I, I also put some, you know, at the foot of of, uh, of Brian Flores is that stretch where you're talking about 
I don't know what more he, he's expecting of, him, of the personnel he has on the field because, you know, they, they are going straight ahead with an offensive line that's as good as any in the league with, uh, you know, a, a good running back and, and a lot of power coming right at you. And you're, you're answering it with, with one defensive lineman, five linebackers, five defensive backs. And these, you know, they're, they're getting in the way, but like, you know, Jordan Hicks and Ivan Pace, you know, with, with nobody in front of them, you know, and, and you're being hit with this wave of humanity. It's, it just wasn't what the, there was no adjustment and the plan or whatever they thought they were going to be able to do. They got to reassess because the personnel they had on the field, uh, you know, teams are going to see that and they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to run forward and until you can stop it and they couldn't stop it. And, and frankly, they didn't, from a coaching standpoint, didn't try to stop it. What's it say that, uh, 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 that undrafted free agent is starting in, in the linebacker core. Uh, and, uh, Let's not forget that our our uh, drafters missed him in the in, in the early part of the. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not to say Ivan Pace is a is is a is shouldn't be on the field. It's the, it's saying that Ivan Pace. There was one play where uh, he comes up against uh, sixty number sixty nine or I think there's left tackle, and that guy just you know gives yeah. him a little shove. And it, to Pace's credit, he didn't. He's like a he's like a weeble. He doesn't get knocked off his feet. But he, got, he got blasted, you know, like five yards down the field. Um, that's not on him. He's the guy's five five ten or uh, yeah. two hundred and thirty pounds. He's a good player, but he's not. Uh, he's not. He's not a nose tackle. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. <clears throat> well, you know, unfortunately, uh, that that kind of exhausts what good took place yesterday. So I got a little bit shorter segment going there. I mean, did there anything? I want to want to mention the special teams, but you know, you really can't because their biggest play was a great return that turned into a fumble that that actually started the the ball rolling downhill the wrong way. So, anyway, we will uh, take a quick break and we're going to come back and and look ahead at a, at a few things that were kind of uh, well. First, we'll take we did the good and the bad. We'll do the ugly. And then we'll look ahead at the Chargers next week, and hopefully that's not in the ugly column. Come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown uh, with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, one quick question, and probably you know goes we probably already covered, but is is there more to what is happening with the uh, uh, running game than just the line? I mean, is is the personnel good enough? Is is Madison and Chandler and and Kanane Nwangu, are they going to be good enough to uh, have a running game, or or is it is it just the line? Well, I, I don't think Ingram's good enough. I don't think um, you know Schlopman is you know is good enough. <laughs> I don't know that Bradbury is good enough. Uh, but that's what they have, you know. So I, I think you know, uh, especially you know Ingram. Ingram, we didn't you know talk as much about Ingram as, as the first game because. It, the first game was so was so horrendous for him, um, but it's going to take some. It, it's going to take you know some creativity, like bringing uh, you know you talk about Oliver, you know um, Josh Oliver coming in motion and 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 putting some more power in the middle there. Them just lining up with Slopeman and Ingram and even Cleveland, and just running ahead. It, they aren't good enough. They're not. You Do know, we need Ham? 
they don't have Zach Martin. They don't have Quentin Nelson. They don't have those type types of road graders that can just do it. You know, so you've got to, you know, it's got the blocking's got to be different. And I think Madison, yeah, Madison could be enough for what they need. But the, the blocking up front right now, just one on one, you know, hey, you got this guy, I got this guy, and we're going to block them. No, they don't have enough. It's tough to see this crap. I, I will refrain from my language. Uh, this racist stuff uh, directed towards Madison after the game. Fantasy football players are out of their mind. You know, when they start, you know, hurling uh, epithets at, at players because things didn't work out for them in their, in their fantasy. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, obviously that's way overboard. And, and I, I would like to, I like to see that person. Cause I used to talk to, um, uh, um, so, you know, I won't even mention his name, but, you know, they keep call him cowards with keyboard. Uh, Prefer, he used to talk to Prefer, and he was like, cowards with keyboards. He said, that's why I'll never get on Twitter, because he, you know, hears stories about it. Right. I, I would like for that whoever decided to do that, to sit next to Alexander Madison, have the police look the other way, <laughs> and have him, have him say the, read it to Alexander Madison. Ooh, my. handle, you know, justice. You know, however he wants to handle um, that's that's you know it, it's ang it angers me that a that that gets you know that, that that's out there and b it hurts me that you know that I kind of wish that these guys could just live a life without it right you know I, I spend less time on it than I used to um, and and frankly when I'm done working I, I'll never I'll never visit I'll never ever see it again. It's poison, and I, I just wish that maybe Madison, you know, could just not, you know, just don't, just get away from it and just be away from it. And right. It's, it's right. horrible. It's, it's horrible. It's a, it's also a, an indictment of our, uh, what we have going on in society right now. The problem is that younger generation was raised on it and, you know, with social media, whereas you and I just came to it from, you know, a, a different, a different come to it from a different perspective, but also come in from being older and had experience and go back and look and can see it for the BS it is. But, uh, but, yeah, I, but it, it was so important to kids growing up, you know, when you said this is this, you know, it's a, it, it's hard for, I guess my point is it's hard for them to look away, but they have to, they have yeah. to. Well, I, I feel like if we, if we had a meet up with these guys and have them get their ass kicked, I'd like to, yeah, have them come in the locker room and, and, and you know, come in the locker room and say some of that crap. You just know, round them up and say, um, here, here he is. You're standing two feet in front of him. Say it to him now. We talked about the uh, offensive line ad nauseum, but one more note there: Ole Udo got hurt, and it doesn't look good. Since I, he is, do we know for sure is he out for the year? Uh, well, I know uh, uh, O'Connell said it was bad. Uh, I think it's his knee. Uh, you know, Ole got destroyed uh a few times and I, I think i think he he really got i mean got knocked on his back uh, on that playing and hurt his leg so i think he's out what kind of depth do they have they got to get darisaw back <laughs> there were three guys that played left tackle on on uh, thursday night wow. and the third guy might have been the, the quesenberry might have been the best of the three because darisaw was hurt um i didn't really watch much of him but um Ole was Ole's not good enough, and there's just no other way around it. You know, he wasn't. You know, they tried him at guard. He, if he'd have worked out at guard, it would have been great because he's, you know, has this tackle size and length. But he couldn't stop, you know, grabbing, and, and he just, 
they could do actually better. it was didn't Darisaw tweaked his his deal in in warm-ups so he never even got on the field okay so, all right so um yeah so so of the three tackles that were somewhere on that field sideline or whatever yeah um, you know that's uh he looked acceptable i guess so they're still okay at tackle. They just got to get a. They got to get another guard in there. At least just even a different look. I don't know. I mean, God, I saw even Cleveland's getting blasted. And, and who knows when Bradbury's coming back with his back? I mean, he was out a long time last year with the same injury. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I, I would. You know, whenever, whenever whenever you play five minutes of your of a season after you had a back injury and it wasn't taken care of uh, surgically. Yeah, I, I wouldn't count on him being back anytime. You speaking so, from experience, Mark, with the back injury? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to. Uh, well, first of all, I, it was my first surgery ever, and it, I would thought I'd be afraid of it. By the time I got, I was like, I, I wanted to take the knife myself and do it. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, and then he had like a car accident where he aggravated it, and he, they didn't play very well. And he tried to play the, the playoff game, and that didn't work out very well for him. With that, with the Lawrence and those guys up front from the Giants, um, I'm not saying that he's not coming back, but I, I you know, sort of like uh, you know, we talk about Kane, you know, like, well, how long? Well, he hasn't been on the field like ever this year, so I wouldn't count on him, and that's kind of what I'm thinking with uh, Bradbury. Josh Metellus hurt his shoulder, but he came back in the game, so he should be okay. I, you, you haven't been into the lot to uh, no, they haven't had anything yet, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, he came back right away, and uh, yeah. So, I think. All right, uh, let's move on to the Chargers. They're coming to town. They're zero and two as well. And and I saw someone said it this morning that these two teams are too talented to both be zero and two at this point. So something's got to give on Sunday. Uh, uh, Austin Eckler did not play; has a ankle injury. He injured it on the like one of the last plays of the first game last week and it bums me out because he's on my fantasy football team but i don't play anybody against the vikings anyway so i never do that just just so y'all know um so eckler well i don't know he'll probably be back i'm hoping they i'm hoping he's not but you know there there uh there's that uh austin uh i'm not austin uh herbert is a pretty decent quarterback um and uh so what are your thoughts on, on on that offense coming in against our defense and, and what they might try to do to them? Well, you know, I, I, did, I didn't watch yesterday's game yet with Tennessee, but I, I did watch, um, you know, that uh, game against Miami. And, man, I mean, you talk about, uh, you know, that's the you know, week one. Uh, and Tua, I'll just say Tua. Tag, just say Tua. Yeah, just so say Tua. Fantastic. He was good yesterday too. I mean, yeah. he's a like a different player. He's, he's he's playing faster. He's getting the ball out quick. But uh, you know, they just kept going at you know, deep ball after deep ball against uh, the Chargers defense with uh, Ty and Tyree Kill had uh, two hundred and some yards. Um, you know they have Bosa, but it was, he wasn't able to get to to a um, quick enough in that week. So uh, I feel like the Vikings will, will be able to score. You know, I think the Vikings can score on anybody. Uh, and so, you know, my my thoughts are, you know, they, they kind of had a, a kind of a stinker yesterday, sort of like the Vikings had in week one uh, with Tampa Bay, maybe a game they should have won. They should have beat Tennessee. Yep. Uh, I don't know a lot of the details on that game, but um, to me, with it being at the Vikings, um, you know, if they 
don't turn the ball over, I feel like they're, they're going to score enough points to win. That's become that's becoming the new. Uh, we got to put the tracker below yeah. last year if, if they stay healthy. Now this year, if they don't turn the ball over, yeah, uh, we got to get that one up there because that uh, that's that's the story of the season so far. It is, you know, and I'm just going going on it from years past. I, I haven't studied the Chargers that much, but they they played two decent offenses and gave up some points. Do they have any kind of a defense out there? Should the Vikings should be able to to score some points against? Well, them? they they didn't have much of a defense in Week One. Yeah, uh, I will say this is Eric Kendricks coming home, uh, coming back to Minnesota. Um, I, he was outlaw. He was he got hurt uh, yesterday. Oh, did he get hurt? Yeah. yeah. Was it bad or? I don't think it's bad. I, I think they pulled him out. I, I saw I saw the headline and I didn't click on to go for details, but I, I saw he was out. And, you know, and you know how much I admire, how much I like him as a player. Yeah. Uh, it was hard to watch week one. There was a there was a goal. There was a red zone play where I um, they did a misdirection where they you know fake to the right and they rolled around to the left and. Eric Kendricks got as confused and and fooled as I've ever seen him in his career. Mm. I mean, he he followed the running back almost to the sideline and the play was going the other way. And it was like, wow, you know, it's, and he didn't look, um, he didn't look this. I mean, granted he's another year older. So he just didn't seem to have, he seemed like a little step, a step behind. Uh, So I don't know if he'll play or not, but um Maybe he needs his glasses adjusted. He's like uh, Chris Farley in that sketch. I don't know. I'm not seeing so good over there. Is that William Shakespeare? I don't know if you know that. Yeah. So, um, you know, Bosa was has been battling a hamstring, I believe. Um, you know, he's still a great player. You got to watch out for him. Uh, but they, you know, they did not look that great defensively. And I feel, I just feel like if, if the Vikings don't turn it over, they're gonna they're gonna win the game at home. Ah, uh, they have to. They, they've they've got to win it. I don't care. Uh, uh, you know the prospect of sucking and and getting a, a decent draft choice and maybe getting a young quarterback in here or whatever is sitting out there. But I don't care. I I don't think I could take a year of of uh, watching it or even talking about it. So I I, I want to see him win on Sunday and see him uh, beat the Chargers. And and Chargers are a decent team, even though they're zero two. Uh, the Vikings' schedule is freaking brutal because. You know, in the next few weeks, they got uh, Chiefs and they got uh, the 49ers. These are all good teams. You know, they could be, if they don't win this one, they they could be two and four maybe or, or, or even worse, you know, to start off the season. And that's maybe okay for the NFC North, but it ain't okay for my psyche. Well, I look at the, the NFC right now. We're saying this, we're, talk, we're doing this before tonight's game with New Orleans and uh, Carolina, but yeah. the NFC South, uh, they have two two and O teams, one one and O team. Uh, maybe the North will be the team that sends someone there with a, 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 a seven <laughs> and ten record or whatever it is. I should. I think they should. Uh, uh, if if that's the case, then they should say, "No, nope, we're just going to stay home. No, we, we don't need the we 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 don't need." The, of course, it would be a home game, so they do want the revenue. So they right. need to do that. Yeah. See, Tom Brady's last game was a playoff game as an eight and nine to an eight and nine team. So, wow. uh, you know that that's probably the if I had to, to guess if I had to probably pick the biggest surprise in the NFL right now or the biggest uh, you probably wouldn't have guessed it would be Baker Mayfield being two and zero in Tampa. That's true. Uh, on the flip side, it would be Joe Burrow being 0 2 in Cincinnati. How about that? How about and losing that? and losing at home to a Baltimore team that was missing two offensive linemen, a cornerback, 
a safety, um, you know, that was kind of written off as like, you know, it's, uh, Cincinnati's going to bounce back and Baltimore's all banged up. Um, that's, uh, that's not good. He did say that he tweaked his ankle yesterday, though. So there is that. Um, uh, Burrow? I, oh, did, did I go away? I mean, can you hear me? Oh, did Burrow? Did Burrow? Yes. Yes. Burrow uh, said he said he tweaked his his uh, his calf. Yeah, I mean it could be a problem. Yeah, it could be. Um, okay, well enough of that. Uh, you know they. I guess that leads us into our prediction segment. And so far for the, uh, the year uh, um, uh, we've Mark and I both finally got on the board. We picked Philly on Thursday and uh, you know, for a while there, it looked like we're going to be on two, which would have been just fine with me. Not so with Mark, but uh, um, we're going into uh, the game this weekend. And, and I want you, I'm going to challenge you to say who's going to win the game without saying, if they don't turn the ball over. Well, and the other if is uh, we don't know about Eckler. Eckler changes. Uh, I mean, after looking, after looking at what happened with the Vikings, um, you know, we don't know if Eckler's going to play. So there's like two big ifs if they don't turn it over and if Eckler doesn't play or he does play. Uh, but if I just had to, and I hate doing this because I know that I know where I know which each week you're going to where, where you're going to go. So I should probably shake it up, but. I feel like they win this game. I feel like they don't turn the ball over. They play a clean game. Uh, it'll be close. You know, I think the defense will, if the defense can make some adjustments and then uh, in-game adjustments, uh, I, I feel like, you know, the Neil Hunter, the way he's rolling, the way the pass rush is rolling, um, they, you know, they use that home crowd. This is probably be one of the last weeks where, you know, pretty, pretty soon if you, if they get to the, if they get to a home game and they're, 0 and 4, 0 and 5. The home crowd's not going to be as lively as they uh, should be. So I think one more, at least one more game of the of the crowd, the pass rush. I think they win this game, but I think it's close. You know, it should be an interesting game. You got two teams that are both in desperate need of a win. I mean, now granted, uh, uh, the Chargers are in the NFC West, and uh, what's their name? The uh, Chiefs are are one and one, so they're not completely out of it there yet. And uh, the Raiders. Uh, uh, they're going to play tonight, aren't they? So uh, they're all, they lost their first game. No, and they don't play tonight. They're... Did they play last night? They, no, they got destroyed by the Bills yesterday. Oh, you're right. You're right. So they're zero two. And uh, um, who else is in the West? Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders. Who am I missing from the AFC West? Broncos, they're own too. So yeah, the Chargers are not as in desperate. They're in the same situation as the Vikings are. They're own two in a division that sucks. So, uh, but they still oh, both need to win. Well, sucks might be a little strong with Kansas City involved. Uh, Kansas City lost that game without Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey two weeks ago. So. That's true. Well, I mean, okay, the the this their their records are not very good. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And. So, so I think they'll it'll it'll be uh, it'll be pretty flipping wild at the U.S. Bank because Vikings need to win. And the Chargers are going to be playing like like crazy. I do think Eckler will play because he almost played on uh, on Sunday, 
Um, you know, he, he was, he was, what was, became doubtful and then he was, came out. So it was all week long. He was trying to get back. So I suspect he will play next Sunday. Well, I suspect he'll watch the film of the, of the Vikings game and say, <laughs> yes, coach, put me in. But this was a, like, it was a great analogy. Uh, I was playing golf with Jeff Diamond and he, he said, the Vikings are basically the 80, 1980s San Diego Chargers. And that if you're old enough to remember the Charger with Dan Fouts and, and his receivers and didn't have, really have much of a running game, didn't have a, any defense. Uh, when they got rolling in the passing game, they won. And whenever they turned the ball over or you know couldn't throw the ball, which was very rare, uh, they lost. So that's it was a growl. I'll credit Jeff for that saying that. That, uh, <laughs> that really, because I remember those teams. I remember going to Cleveland Stadium thinking you're going to beat that team because they didn't have a defense and because they didn't have much of a running game. And uh, Dan Fouts threw it all over the field. And not saying that Kirk is as good as Dan Fouts, but uh, he can get the job done if he doesn't turn the ball over. Or if they don't turn the ball over. Are you excited to watch your squad tonight? Cleveland's playing. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I you know, never turn your back on Pittsburgh. And this, by the time this gets out, people, they, you know, I, who knows if uh, if they will have won. But um, they can. You talk about a team that can run the ball. Week one, the Browns ran it 40 times for well over 200 yards. Nick Chubb is the real deal, and they can block. Um, so, if you, uh, but that's personnel. That's that's a that's a great running back, and uh, and some guys that can block. I'll be I'll be pulling for the for the Brownies tonight. I just traded for Nick Chubb in my fantasy league. I gave up Derek Metcalf for him from Seattle. So, uh, I'm I'm hoping to to have that trade pay off tonight. So go Brownies. Go Browns. Um, all right. Well, we're talking about the Browns, so that's a clear signal. We got to get the hell out of here. But uh, uh, thanks, Mark, as as usual. Thanks, Mike Woldem, producing behind the scenes. Um, thanks to all you folks for tuning in. We sure appreciate it each week. Um, and we'll be back again next week to – to talk about the Vikings chargers game. So uh, look for that. And thanks to Joe Johnson, the guy who is, uh, who's the spirit of this team and his broadcast and, and the team up, <clears throat> up in heaven. So hats off to him. So until next week, folks, thanks. And we'll see you then. Skull. Skull.